Welcome to the podcast, Dr. Heather Uncensored. Welcome, everyone, to Dr. Heather Uncensored. I'm really happy today to have Kim Alia. He is a great homeopath. He's an old friend, and I think it's going to be very interesting. Uh, let me give you a little bit of his bio. He was inspired to study homeopathy when he read Gandhi's quote about homeopathy, how it was that quote, the latest and refined method of treating patients economically and non-violently. He has been studying homeopathy since 1987, me too, and graduated from new, the New England School of Homeopathy in 1990. Uh, he is the former director of nutrition at Hartwood Institute in California and has certified many nutritionists across the state of California. I did not know that. During that same time, he was the director of fasting at Hartwood and worked with fasting therapeutics with thousands of people. He serves as CEO of Full Health Now, the distributors of Opus, homeopathic software and books in North America. And he does a whole lot more. And I'm going to put this um, in the in the uh, show notes because I want to get talking to him. So welcome, Kim. Oh, thank you so much, Heather. Welcome. And, and welcome to you. And thank you for inviting me to be here. Oh, it's great. We've been trying to do this for a while. So what I wanted to talk about today was projects, because what I realized is that Almost everyone is very, uh, you know, unless you're at, you know, meditation really helps. A lot of things really help. I want to talk about how homeopathy actually helps trauma. And I also want to talk to you about your project with doing a documentary on homeopathy. And also I'm going to talk about my book, Transforming Trauma, that will be out uh, pretty soon. So let's just talk about homeopathy. I mean, what was it about it was Gandhi's quote, but what else, what else do you love about homeopathy? And then I'm going to tell you what I'd love about it. Sure. Well, I guess I would start by saying, as you mentioned in, uh, when you read my bio was I, I was the director of nutrition at Hartwood Institute in Northern California. And I had a lot of people I was working with nutritionally, but at Hartwood, people were very cognizant of how to eat properly. They were, you know, chewing their buckwheat sprouts 600 times per mouthful and (laughs) things of that nature. And so there wasn't really much I could add to what they were already doing. And so I was looking for some other therapeutic modality to help people. And I walked into the local co-op here in Arcata, California, and there was a book by Maisie Panos. And on the back of the book was the quote by Gandhi that you read. And that quote really caught my attention because I, I knew that Gandhi had wanted people from the Indian subcontinent to have pride in their own accomplishments. And somehow He was choosing homeopathy, this Western system of medicine over Ayurveda, which was thousands of years old. I said, how how is that possible? And so I I bought that book. I brought it home. I I read it in one night. And because I had patients that I was already working with, I began to give remedies almost immediately. And you asked me what I loved about it. Well, what I loved about it was that people started getting better. I mean, people, their acute problems were getting better. Their their chronic issues were getting better. It was uh, it was a miraculous, life changing experience for me. And the more I learned about it, the more I be, I practiced it. The more I, I and eventually I became a teacher of homeopathy. The more I began to instruct others the more I began to see how profound a system of healing it is. And it's not to say that there aren't other therapeutic modalities out there that have great value. There obviously are. But in my experience, at least, homeopathy is able to affect so many different areas of the human experience in such a, a dramatic and profound manner uh, that it's been, you know, just a life-changing, profoundly um, 
powerful experience on all levels for me. Yes. Well, I absolutely agree. And I think that in my practice, I was kind of blown away, uh, you know, because I started treating people with PTS, what's called PTSD back then, uh, adverse childhood experiences, ACE, um, because of the archdiocese. And I was treating homeopathically. That's how I would take a case. And these people were getting better. And I realized that this was one of the very best things to do for people who had been traumatized, who had neurological problems, you know, um, whether it was, yeah. So what I saw with people who had autism or Tourette's or anything neurological for children, and also for people who had been sexually abused, homeopathy was the absolute best place, even if they were eating crap, which was too bad. I I didn't want them to eat crap, but you could still see changes. And these were, I was sort of, how is this possible? So, yeah, so I'm, you know, a great lover of homeopathy and, I know that you are working on a documentary and I don't want you to give anything away on it, but what kind of things do you want people to know about that? Well, you know, homeopathy has been such a gift in my own life that I, and there's so many people out there who don't know about homeopathy or the tremendous benefits that are available to you. And as you mentioned, it's not just acute conditions. Yes, homeopathy has had tremendous success in the treatment of of pandemic diseases in the the 19th century. I mean, uh, there's a story of, um, of Adolf Lippe, who, you know, in 50 years of busy practice, never lost one typhoid cholera or malaria patient. And this is during a period of time when the mortality rate of these diseases was, you know, 40, 50, 60%. He never lost a patient. Constantine Herring, you know, treated 280 cases of pneumonia, never lost a case. Again, during a period of time when the mortality rate of these diseases was 40, 50, 60%. So uh, yes, it can treat acute conditions. It can also treat chronic problems. Uh, it, It has so much to offer so many people out there, and yet very few people understand what homeopathy is or what benefits it can provide to them. And so I thought one way to get the word out is to make a documentary film that really explains what homeopathy is, uh, what types of health problems it's able to address, which is a a wide variety of different health issues, uh, to basically make a grand argument for homeopathy. And the documentary film is going to talk a little bit about the history of homeopathy. People don't know much about that. It's going to talk about the immense amount of scientific research which supports uh, homeopathy, of which there's an incredible amount. And then finally, the journey, what the life-transforming experiences that people have, either as practitioners or patients in homeopathy. And again, not to criticize any other system of therapeutics, but to simply make a grand argument that people can understand, that the general public can embrace, and that can help people to begin to realize what what homeopathy can do for them in their own lives. Exactly. Yeah, I can't wait to see it. (laughs) But also, unfortunately, Dr. Luc Montagnier passed away last February, and he really made a great argument, you know, on you, you did the Global Homeopathic Summit, what was that, in 2020? Yeah, the Joint American Homeopathic uh, Conference in 2020. Yeah, and you know, what I loved about that was he said that homeopathy is the future of science and medicine. And that really shocked me. And I was like, oh my God, this is a Nobel Prize winner. He's actually saying this. And it was because of his physicist friends who were seeing the nanoparticles. And that just gave me so much 
gladness. I was just so thrilled to hear someone like that saying it because I thought, well, maybe there is a hope for people to understand. Because in America, you know, everything's after materialism, but we've seen where that gets us. I mean, these opioid crises, um, people, you know, the pandemic, everything. They don't, they don't understand, not only do they not understand how nutrition can help, but they have such, um, they scoff at homeopathy. So, yeah, so it's thrilling to have, you know, to have a documentary about it. Yeah, and it's interesting that you should you mentioned uh, Dr. Luc Montagnier because uh, people may not be aware, but he is the, I believe he's the actual original discoverer of the HIV virus, uh, which is responsible for AIDS. Uh, sometimes people refer to him as the co-discoverer, but you know he won the Nobel Prize for that. And then subsequent to that discovery, he began to simply do research where he was diluting various bacterial and viral strains to uh, what's beyond Avogadro's number. Avogadro's number means that there isn't even one atom of the original substance remaining. And yet there was some type of imprint in the fluid that when they would pass a certain electromagnetic frequency at a certain, uh, a certain rate, certain frequency, uh, through that uh, fluid, it would actually recreate that original DNA or virus or bacteria, and it would be almost 99% identical to the original strain, as if there was some imprint left in the fluid. And, uh, you know, I actually had dinner with Dr. Montagnier, and I've spoken to him repeatedly on the phone. Unfortunately, he passed away very recently. And, uh, you know, he, he didn't do this with any type of expectation. And as a matter of fact, he didn't even know what homeopathy was. When, when I went out to dinner with him, I had to explain to him what homeopathy was. And, and he, he was basically doing these scientific experiments simply to test various hypotheses that he had. And sure, lo and behold, these hypotheses turned out to be correct in that there was some type of imprint, you refer to them as nanoparticles, that were, that were left in the fluid that could somehow recreate that original material substance. And you're absolutely right. You know, scientific materialism is not the same as science. Very few people actually really know what science actually is. But right. scientific materialism really is the religion of science. It's, it's scientism. But uh, real science is essentially uh, noticing some type of paradox in the universe because our senses don't really understand. See, our senses don't tell us the, the true universe outside of us. It's, a, it's an aberration through our sensory apparatus. Right. And so these paradoxical experiences, uh, we, what we do is we hypothesize about what they are, and then we conduct an experiment to either validate or invalidate that particular hypothesis. And if we validated that particular hypothesis, we then discover a universal principle of nature. That's essentially what Samuel Hahnemann yes. did with the law of similars. He, he saw these various phenomena in nature and he hypothesized that maybe the, the reason that certain substances would cure somebody wasn't because uh, you know, they were bitter or astringent or any of the popular ideas that existed at that time, but because they produced in the healthy individual symptoms which were similar to the symptoms that the person had as a consequence of that disease process. Now, at first, that doesn't seem to make a lot of sense. You think, well, you know, why would giving something that, something that produces the same symptoms cure those symptoms? But if you think about it for just a second, the symptoms that the body produces are actually an attempt of the body to bring itself back to a state of balance. For example, if you eat a poison, the way your body will respond is by vomiting, diarrhea, fever, perspiration. All of those symptoms 
are the attempt of the body to bring itself back to a state of balance. Well, if you give something to stop the diarrhea or to stop the vomiting, you're working against the natural direction of the body. But if you give something which stimulates the body in its natural direction in a very gentle manner, then you can actually assist the natural process of healing. Right. And that's, that's the beauty of homeopathy is it's, it's not theoretical. It's based on a principle of nature. It's simply as homeopaths, what we're doing is we're applying that fundamental principle or law of the universe in the cases that we practice with. Right. Yeah. And I didn't know that until I was doing some research for my books, but that in fact, Hippocrates back in, what was that? 340 BC. Yeah. Also understood this principle of the law of similars. Can you talk about that? Yeah, there's always been actually an empirical school of thought that has embraced the law of similars. So it doesn't start with Hahnemann. What Hahnemann did, his real gift was he was able to codify it through a process called approving. And it comes from the German word, which means to test. And what he would essentially do is he would take various substances and he would give them to individuals and they would write down the physical, mental, and emotional symptoms that would be generated from ingesting that particular substance. And if you think about that, that makes a lot more sense than testing substances on animals because animals can't produce the complex mental and emotional states that exactly. we see in humans. So this is, this is a real test, and it, and it gives you a real re- representation of what these substances do to a healthy individual. And then by writing all of those symptoms down, we develop what's called a materia medica, which is the descriptions of that remedy. And we simply try to find those substances from nature, which most closely approximate the symptoms that we're producing when we're in a state of disease. Right. And it's amazing how Hahnemann made it into a system of medicine. And also that he seems to be the first psychiatrist, really, because of healing. um, What was his name? The the, Klockenbring? Yes, exactly. And he, you know, it was an asylum. And he actually used a gentle approach. He used homeopathy. And that was extremely rare. It was unheard of, really, at that time. So we have a lot of things to thank for thank Hahnemann for? Uh, Even the concept of psychosomatic diseases, somatopsychic diseases, this all really originates in Hahnemann's magnum opus called the Organon. There's a section of the Organon, aphorism 210 through 230, where Hahnemann delves into the homeopathic treatment of mental and emotional diseases. And just those 20 aphorisms from the Organon are brilliant. I mean, just the insight that he has into the human psyche. And you got to realize this is long before Freud. I mean, Hahnemann's writing this back in the, in the 1820s, 1830s, 1840s. Freud doesn't come onto the scene until late 19th century, early 20th century. So this is before Freud, before Jung, before Reich. And, and he has these incredible insights into the human situation. He's actually able to differentiate between mental and emotional behavior, which is the result of societal or environmental or learned conditions versus those that are the result of some type of pathology or mistunement of the patient's life force. Uh, that in just in and of itself is absolutely brilliant. I mean, you know, you can't talk a schizophrenic out of being a schizophrenic. So, uh, you know, these types of distinctions, and as you mentioned, he also brought a level of human kindness to the treatment of the very, very mentally sick individuals. At that time, uh, basically, 
people who were insane were considered to be possessed by the devil or by some type of spirit, and they were they were they were abused. If anybody's ever seen uh, the film Amadeus, you'll remember how the in the insane asylum they would literally have people chained to the wall and they would beat them. And Hahnemann recognized that these people weren't controlled by some devil or spirit, but that they were they had some type of pathology, and he would treat them with human kindness and. In the example of Clockenbring, he was able to cure him of his insanity, which was amazing. Right. So, you were, so, did he ever say what remedies he used? Well, we don't know for sure, although it's suspected that he used Veratrum album. Uh, in, in his recounts, it seems that he basically just talked to him a lot and it you know really worked in that level. But there there is some uh there is some idea that probably Veratrum album was the remedy that he used at that time. Uh-huh. Which is a which is a common remedy obviously for the treatment of insanity in, in homeopathic terms. You want to say anything more about Veratrum album? Yeah, Veratrum album is an am- amazing remedy. Uh it uh, it's for people who have uh delusions that they're John the Baptist or Jesus Christ. Uh, they tend to be very haughty, have huge ambitions. Uh, you know, it, it's a it's an excellent remedy for a variety of different types of health issues. Uh, I do have a, a case of a of a patient who uh, was schizophrenic. You know, just talking about the the scope of homeopathy, uh, and this person was uh, really completely insane. He came in, and not, I have it on video actually, and he was just you know, talking about devils and angels and uh, completely crazy and completely incoherent and people being raped. And uh, after six months, uh, he wasn't completely cured, but he was talking almost like a normal person. He was talking about starting a business and he was, you know, expressing himself in a, in a co- cogent and coherent manner. And, you know, it just demonstrates the power of homeopathy that it can affect such a profound change in a relatively short period of time. And this person had been on all kinds of different drugs, which, you know, had done really nothing but palliate his symptoms and created a lot of other health issues for him in the process. Right, exactly. Yeah. Well, I think that, I think that society, I think the American society is really ready for homeopathy. I just, I've never seen it actually so, people so excited about it and excited about this documentary coming up and, and the fact that they've had it with materials, you know, I mean, they haven't really had it with food, I guess, but they are open to the idea of something happening energetically because so many things are happening energetically in science, like the nanoparticles. Yeah. You know, it's interesting that you mentioned that because even though right now a lot of people don't know what homeopathy is, uh, there's a rich history of, of homeopathy in the United States. Uh, right. At one time, you know, maybe 25% of all the hospitals in the U.S. were homeopathic hospitals. Hahnemann Hospital in Philadelphia was a, was named after the founder of homeopathy, Samuel Hahnemann. Uh, right. and, and most of the best educated medical doctors were actually homeopaths. So yeah. this was this was a very powerful system. Even the American Medical Association was created in response to the American Homeopathic Association. Very few people know that. So this, there's such a rich history about homeopathy, and it deserves to be told in in in, in picture, in video, in images that people can relate to in in a way that. Uh, the general public can begin to embrace uh, on a large scale. And that's what really I'd like to achieve with this film. You know, I want this film to be funny. You know, one of the things that we did is we did these, um, we went when we were in Philadelphia recently filming. Wait, 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 Kim. Yeah. Let's not 
talk about anything about it. We got to keep it. Well, these video clips are already out there, so. Oh, they are. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, um, there, there. What we did was is uh, we went onto the the street of uh, Philadelphia because we want to explain what is homeopathy. So we thought, well, why not just ask the average person out on the streets? And so we would ask people, and uh, we got really funny answers. And it's, it's kind of like what Jimmy Kimmel or Jay Leno does. And it's a great way to segue into our explanation of what homeopathy actually is. Right. And so that, that brings a certain type of humor into the film. Uh, we we want to make it emotionally moving. So you can actually witness people's life-transforming experiences uh, under homeopathic care. Uh, we were down in the Bay Area and we were working uh, with people who work with homeless people who've had tremendous results using homeopathy. Um, we've got a, a wonderful person making original music for the film. His name is Abby Gross. Maybe you know him. Uh, and um, uh, so we're, we're bringing together. All, and the wonderful thing about this film is we've got the whole homeopathic community behind it. The National Center for Homeopathy supporting it. Americans for Homeopathy Choice is supporting all the different schools throughout North America are supporting. And I even just recently spoke uh, to the Devon School in the UK and they're 100 percent behind the project. So it's a wonderful way to bring the whole homeopathic community together to create a visually stimulating, beautiful film uh, that can be shown on Netflix or, or Amazon or Apple TV, and that can reach millions and millions of people and change the public perception of homeopathy, which is really necessary because if that happens, then people will really be able to benefit from what homeopathy has to offer. Absolutely. And I, I just wanted to mention the homeopathic asylums that were in New York State, and I guess there are different parts of the country, and how they were so much more gentle than the allopathic asylums. And that in itself, with this crisis that we have with mental and emotional health, that what it can do for that. And then we really need to bring that back and see how we can make that work. Because these asylums, yes, maybe they've changed in some ways, but the pain and the ignorance and the really allopathic medicine is a, with all the drugs that are happening now, with the fact that people are really, you know, having all these overdoses and the addictions and so many things and the creation of the, you know, homeless out there because they don't have anyone taking care of them and treating them. It really isn't any different than the shackles that were happening in the 1700s and the 1800s. And, you know, all the different things that they did um, to try to change people's health, which gentle is the first place to start as how Hahnemann did. Yeah, absolutely. And it's amazing because if you look at the um, the records from these asylums, they actually would you know tell you which remedies would be most frequently given, the actual type of success they would have. And the results were profound. I mean, people were, they got tremendous, tremendous success. Yeah. And it makes me, um, I actually want to ask you about, about the book that you've written because you've, you've, you've just recently finished a book on uh, homeopathy and uh, post-traumatic stress disorder. And th that's kind of a, an area that's similar. And can you tell me a little bit about what the work that you're doing in that area? Well, the book is really, um, it has history and it has statistics. It has the modalities of homeopathy as the first one, botanical medicine, hydrotherapy. Um, and then I go into all the expressive arts because my whole thing is between, I love homeopathy. I love what nutrition does people. But I also love the whole thing about writing. You know, I write and I write novels and musicals and 
and these nonfiction books. So yeah, I'm hoping that gets to a lot of people and they'll see that homeopathy is one of the places to start, really the place to start. If you start with homeopathy and then you make sure that people's nutrition is balanced and then you go to the creative arts, it's just profound what can happen. It's just, you can heal almost anything. And I, I believe that with this system. So it's out October 20th in North America. It's out this Thursday in the UK. That's where the publisher is. And yeah, I'm really excited about it. So yeah, I keep for I, I'm excited about it as well. I can't, <laughs> can't, can't wait for it to come out. I mean, yeah. I, yeah, it sounds very, that sounds really wonderful what you're doing. I mean, it's really important for people who have personally benefited from homeopathy to take, you know, what the gift that they've been given and give a gift back to humanity. You know, uh, the yeah. way I, the way I think about it is, you know, we're, we're all mortal. We have a, a certain amount of time on this planet and we need to contribute something back to this generation and to future generations. And yeah, I know for exactly. myself, I know for myself, I've been, you know, I've been given so much through homeopathy. It's an opportunity. It's really an opportunity for me to make a difference for in this world, because I know how it can affect people's lives in such a, in such a dramatic manner. Yeah. I, keep using, I keep using that word profound, but that's really the only word I can think about when I think it about homeopathy. Profound. It yeah. is profound. And I think also just to touch on the fact that we each have had these projects from what we've learned from being in practice for 35 years or so. And so you have that project of doing the documentary. Thank you for pulling my husband into it. And, um, and for me writing these nonfiction books, just because I want people to understand what's true, what's real, you know, so many people don't understand right now and they're so scared. They were so scared in the pandemic and they got the jab and all that. And there are alternatives and that is what's going to make us healthy. Our children deserve this. Right now, we're doing things to our children in so, on so many levels. I mean, I was first in practice, I wanted to get them off antibiotics. Then it's psychotropics, you know, and now it's just so many other things that um, they just don't dig far enough and to see what the problem is. And to be giving injections to these children, thankfully, many countries are not anymore. But um, all of that together, and I really encourage people who have a love who have learned something in this lifetime, as you said, to give back and to create a project, just start writing. I just started writing because I was in burnout training people with PTS and, you know, I came up with a novel and then I realized, Oh, after many years, Oh, look what I've learned and write that. And so just really encouraging people that we need to transform this world and everybody needs to be part of it. And it can be fun. It can be cohesive and it can be part of the community. So I really thank you for all that you've done. Oh, well, thank you. You know, I, the way I look at it, and I tell this to my students all the time, is, you know, if you're if you're worried about yourself and thinking about yourself and the price of coffee is too high and you've got that victim consciousness, you're going to be unhappy. But if you forget about yourself and yeah. you do things that serve yes. other people, then you real then you notice that you're happy in the world. And so yes. it's it's not a it's not a gift so much. To, I mean, it is a gift to other people, but it's also a gift to yourself. You know, one of the best things you can do for children these days is take take them to the developing world and show them how other people are living, how other people are suffering, right. and how if you serve them, you know, you, you come out of yourself. That's and, right. And and you find and you find real joy and happiness. And I'm also met, glad that you mentioned the whole situation with COVID because, you know, for myself and so many of my colleagues who have worked with so many people who came down with COVID, I mean, our 
our results are tremendous. I, I don't think that anybody has passed away under, you know, with using homeopathy with COVID. I, I even had a, a person who was in his um, late 80s, oxygen level went down to 62, came to see me. He was ready to be put in hospice. Uh, he, he thought that this was the end for him. And I, I gave him a, a couple of remedies. And within a relatively short period of time, his symptoms began to subside. Within a week, he was almost 100% better. And he had had this condition for three weeks. And right. they were ready to just give up on him. And he had tried, right. he had tried everything, you know, yeah. uh, everything under the sun, including even things like ivermectin and hydroxychloroquine. And, right. and not, none of those had been effective. But homeopathy was incredibly effective um, in a very short period of time. Yeah, those and, are wonderful yeah. yeah, I've seen it with, you know, I've seen, I've worked with people who in India who are on incubators, you know, whose oxygen levels were very low, who, again, were very, very sick from COVID. Right. And again, the results were tremendous. So homeopathy, aside from its ability to address a, a wide spectrum of different health issues, has a particularly effective uh, ability to deal with pandemics. And we know this from the history of homeopathy. Um, there was a book written by Thomas Lindsay Bradford in the early 20th century called The Logic of Figures, where he documented statistically the efficacy that homeopathy had in the treatment of the epidemic diseases during the 19th century. And they were tremendous. I mean, you know, whereas the the uh, allopaths were, you know, having 40, 30, 50 percent mortality rates, the the homeopaths, especially the well-trained ones, you know, had two, three, four, five percent mortality rates. Amazing. Very, very dramatic difference. Yeah. yeah. Well, it's coming. And I think people really need to think about what kind of medicine they're using for themselves and their family. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah. 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 You know, well, it's, it's, a, it's a gentle type of, of medicine, uh, but it, that doesn't mean it isn't highly effective. It's extremely yeah. effective. Uh, you do need to be well-trained to be able to practice it correctly. Yeah. It, it, you know, you can't learn it overnight. As a matter of fact, the truth of the matter is you kind of have to know everything that a, a medical doctor knows, and then quite a bit more than that. That's right. And, that's I, right. and I think that's one of the reasons that um, a lot of, uh, at least in the, in the 19th and early 20th century, a lot of the allopaths uh, who, were, who were studying homeopathy abandoned it because homeopathy requires individualization. And in conventional medicine, individualization largely is non-existent. You know, you, right. as soon as you come up with a diagnosis, here's the protocols that you, you utilize for that particular diagnostic label. And in homeopathy, you have to know the specific individual symptoms of that person just to know that they have multiple sclerosis or Parkinson's disease or amyotrophic lateral sclerosis or pneumonia is in, its, in and of itself not sufficient. You have to know that they have that disease. You have to know what are the common symptoms of that disease. And then you need to know what is individual about that person, because not everybody who has pneumonia or ALS is going to have the same set of symptoms. They're all going to have different sets of symptoms. And we want to individualize and give the exact appropriate remedy for that specific manifestation of that condition. Exactly. Well said. Beautifully said. No, thank you. Yeah, I hope. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's not always easy to describe homeopathy. You know, when you describe people and you tell it's energetic and it does take a tremendous amount of uh, focus and understanding to see the pe peculiar symptoms a person might have. Yeah, but it's, wor it's worth it because once you have ma mastered it, then, you know, you wake up in the morning feeling excited about the opportunity to help other people. Absolutely, a without toxic ingredients. Yeah, absolutely. Without but, toxic. But people are so toxic from all these pills, pill for this, pill for that. 
Well, thank you so much, Kim. Time is coming to an end here. Oh, my pleasure. Thank you for all your good work. It's really appreciated. Thank you. And hopefully you'll come on again because it just feels like there's so much more to talk about. You have so many stories. You're so well, you know, versed in what's going on with homeopathy and what's out there in terms of the history. Um, And, you know, also Jerry Cantor's book talks about the asylums. I did want to mention that too. Oh yeah. I like Jerry. He's a good guy. Yeah. 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 He's on here. So, okay. Well, you have a great day and, and thank you so much. Oh, thank you. You have a great day as well. And please remember that my book, Transforming Trauma, A Drugless and Creative Path to Healing PTSD and ACE, is on pre-order. It will be out in North America October 20th. This is 2022. And it is out tomorrow in the UK because that's where the publisher is. Have a beautiful week.